1: Hello guys! Welcome to our show. Today we discuss about process in digital marketing. Why it's important? We can uncover some methods, secrets how you can provide and create your process. We are going to touch about AI because it's hard to ignore this topic today. Be impossible tomorrow. And I'm so excited to discuss this topic with Justin Saber. How are you? I am awesome, Anatoly. Thank you for having me on. Yeah, big pleasure. Love learning. Uh, I'm a student on this live, so <laughs> wanna learn more and I found it's impossible to learn all digital marketing but we can pay attention to our strong sides, to learn from best practices justin before we start just tell more about yourself experience background about your actual background i see some pictures other documents (laughs) on your wall so anything that can help our listeners to know more about you
0: no i appreciate that so um i'll kind of start my personal journey and then talk about the company very briefly but um I started doing digital marketing work, primarily in search, back in 2001. I was really lucky. I was living in Los Angeles at the time, working for a financial institution, and they said, for us to grow, we need another marketing leg. We think it's the internet. Go figure it out. So I had no background in this whatsoever, um, and it was the wild, wild west. You you can probably see all the gray in my hair. Again, I've been doing this for a pretty long time. Um, but it was such an exciting time because I did a whole bunch of stuff. Some of it was really dumb and didn't work out at all, but some of it worked well. And by the time I left that company in 2006, I was really fortunate because i had seen the power of search and the power of Internet and that it could actually work. And as crazy as it seems now, in 2006, people were still questioning the validity of the Internet uh, and what it could mean for marketing. But the reason I fell in love with it, I could see the results and I knew whether something worked or didn't work. Um, so when I moved in 2006 uh, for family purposes, I moved back East. So we live in West Virginia, our agency's in Pittsburgh, about an hour away. Um, and I started our company, Direct Online Marketing or DOM as we refer to it uh, in 2006. So um, that's the background on who I am and kind of my journey. I'm happy to talk more about the company, but hopefully that gives a little bit of a flavor of, of where I'm coming from on today's talk.
1: Nice, nice. Love it. Awesome. Uh, You know, I found that marketers uh, who had experience before digital, they uh, know the foundation of human psychology, why people buy, why they pay attention to marketing channels, because uh, I often see when uh, youngsters, uh, new marketers who started in digital, they are trying to figure out how algorithm works. You know, uh, today, all mm-hmm. algorithms work if you can help your customers, users uh, more than your competitors. Because it's impossible to know these algorithms. I know even on Google, uh even including John Mueller, uh, he doesn't know how it works because it's AI, big machine, complex mechanism, 7,000 updates a year. It's a lot. So, yeah, human being can't do it. But if you understand psychology, if you can help customers, then... All algorithms will love you. Okay, Justin, uh, you know, you started in 2001. It's it's impressive. And uh, I remember on this time, like many companies uh, still uh, uh, try to uh, be on yellow pages and similar (laughs) journals. And I remember uh, popular requests. Do I need to use digital if I have yellow pages today? I think we have requests like, do I need to add my company to yellow pages? If it helps, (laughs) it helps to rank on Google. So uh, something like this. Okay, Justin, can you tell about process? Uh, Where to start? What to do first? Because I see a big trap when companies analyze competitors and ask marketers to do the same. Please take me their (laughs) traffic, sales. But it doesn't work because... All products have unique selling proposition. Their customers. Any tips about creating the right process?
0: <laughs> yeah, a- absolutely. And, and to me, it always comes down to starting with goals. And like you said, Anatoly, I think there's a couple traps. One, like you mentioned, uh, the uh, and I'm sorry, I don't know in the Ukraine what the what the the uh, analogy would be, but mm-hmm. I, as you may have heard here in the U.S., we say uh, if you're your parents would say to you growing up, uh, if your friend jumped off the Brooklyn Bridge, would you jump off the Brooklyn Bridge too, type of thing. So it doesn't Mm -hmm. mean just because Mm -hmm. other competitors are doing it, that it makes sense for you to do. The other trap that I'll see a lot of times is um, uh, just had this request come in this week where somebody was saying, hey, I am looking for more followers on LinkedIn. And we wanna understand what's the impact of that. And so maybe that is the most important thing, but really what are you trying to accomplish? What's that gonna mean for your business ultimately? And so I always recommend starting with the goals up front, getting everybody aligned, what they are offline, and then you start attaching those to the online goals and those KPIs that are gonna lead up to those offline metrics that are gonna hopefully turn into money that you can take down to the bank with everything. and then, in terms of process, it's very similar. So, you understand what you're trying to accomplish, and we can talk about strategic plans and everything else. But I, I'm really big on making sure that you start with the end goal in mind. So, what are we trying to accomplish here as part of the process? And there's, I, I, I'm really a big stickler on definitions. So, people will use words in different ways. And the way that I might use a word might be very differently than what you have in your mind. So I think starting with definitions in the conversation, getting everybody on the same page, and then you can start building out the process from there. And I'm happy to talk about that, but does that, does that kind of resonate with your process and how you look at things?
1: Yeah, yeah, I agree. I love it because um, many companies have no documented content strategy. They have no uh, the process. They use just I don't know, like generic methods to, to I don't know, like to have meetings with team and creating generic process. And uh, yeah, you mentioned about metrics. Uh, I don't care about subscribers, followers, if it if it doesn't help to sell because I I know some. Big companies, billion dollar companies have like uh, uh, less than 1000 subscribers on YouTube. They don't care mm-hmm. about YouTube because it's. it doesn't mean that YouTube doesn't work. YouTube works well, but if it's your strong side, if you like uh, filming videos, create great content, yeah, it works well, but they consider their strong side Why they need to satisfy all channels and followers, likes, comments, traffic don't sell. Uh, I care only about traffic that can bring customers. I care about uh, something that will bring customers than uh, just uh, chasing this vanity metrics. So can you tell uh, how to find the right traffic and uh, choose channels that will sell products in the end?
0: (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. I'm completely aligned with you. I think it goes back to your earlier comment about really mm-hmm. understanding the the non digital part, but the psychological part and the demographic part. Yeah. And so, understanding where your 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 potential clients play. And so, if we're talking social, like you said, are they on YouTube? Are they on Instagram? Are they on TikTok? Are they on Facebook? Are they on Twitter? And that's going to give you that idea of understanding. Like again, we're we do my agency Dom. We're one of Google's top two hundred partners. Um, So we do a ton of search, paid and SEO. We'll do other things as well. Um, But just because we're big on search, it doesn't mean it's right for everybody. So when we talk with somebody and they're in an oligarchical situation and there aren't a lot of players or they're dealing with people that... uh, might look for things in a different way and are only looking for recommendations or referrals there are times where search doesn't make sense so starting with understanding who is your ideal client profile and if you're in a b2b situation b2c you might be dealing directly with the customer but in either case then building out those personas and then once you understand the personas then you can really dig into, well, where do I need to be as part of this? And, you know, there's some simple ways to start building out Persona profiles. But you start asking, like, how do those people make decisions? What are their concerns? What are their worries? What are they trying to accomplish? And the more you dig into that, the more you can start to figure out exactly who they are and where they're going to be.
1: Nice. Justin, let's talk about uh, the process of creating uh, content and uh, marketing campaigns because you know for example when i started my digital journey in uh, 2008 yeah i just uh, opened my first online shop and uh, i had one man who wrote text edit text (laughs) uh, 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 submitted to my website promoted them uh, set up google ads facebook ads everything Today I have a team of people who are responsible for all this process because I know Jack of all, all trades, master of none. That worked. I can't deny it. that worked in 2008 because competition was low. Today mm-hmm. it doesn't work because I need to compete with against team of experts. Can you tell uh, how to create the right process of creating content and setting uh, marketing messages?
0: Yeah, number one is start with who are you trying to reach in mind? I can't tell you how many times I've seen content and beautifully written, right? And it, it it makes sense and it has some expertise to it. And even with us, like even for our own marketing sometimes. And I'm like, we skipped a step here and we didn't look at who we're trying to write to. And I'm like, I'm sorry, you wrote some good content, but it's out the window because it doesn't help us reach. That's not who we're trying to get to. So always, always, always start with who are you writing to as part of it? Um, because we're big on SEO, we're going to think also about what are those keywords uh, and what's the intent behind those keywords when we're writing. And then we're going to do research behind who are the companies that are ranking or the websites that are ranking for those keywords and what are they writing about and what are they having success with. And it also gives you a clue on how much content are you going to need to write. If you're going to go out past them uh, or if you're going to out- outrank them, you need to most likely be doing more and better what they're doing currently as part of that so mm-hmm. I think it's gathering all of that information up front first is
1: is before you even lay pen to paper on anything mm-hmm. nice uh, let's talk about someone who can write this content because yeah as I mentioned I had one person who wrote content uh, he I gave him topics weight loss finance everything yeah he took any topic, Without hesitation, (laughs) he re them. Today, AI can provide a much better job (laughs) for a few seconds. But he did it, Google rank. Uh, Today, it's a big struggle for my clients, for myself to find great writers, especially when we have AI. It's interesting because I cooperate with some authors who can post content on Forbes, Bloomberg, Investopedia, great experts, you know. Yeah, they Mm -hmm. have uh, a lot of traffic on their publications. Plus uh, hundred thousand traffic, you know, yeah, impressive. But I found all of them use ChatGPT. All of them, uh, after uh, ChatGPT, they started to use it because yeah, we can't deny this tool exists. And uh, I usually tell them, okay, we can use, but please don't overuse. <laughs> now, when you set no. up generic prompts uh, to get generic. Answers, uh, many other websites can have the same content. Can you tell how to find today great writers? Because I think writing is foundation of any website content. If you have no writers with experience because of this parameter EEAT, it's not only about Google. It's about users. They want to oh. consume content from experts. So any tips how to hire the right writers today? And uh, considering that we have AI uh, because these writers can use it.
0: <laughs> well, 100%. And we'll dive into the AI AI part of that. Um, you know, you look at... Um, I, I'm, a, I'm a baseball fan, and because I, I grew up mm-hmm. outside Pittsburgh, I'm inflicted with liking the Pittsburgh Pirates, unfortunately. So it's more pain than uh, pleasure on that front. But if you look at the AP, uh, Associated Press, all of their... Uh, to my knowledge, all of their posts that they put out there are all AI written. And... I started noticing it a while ago, and they're just garbage. They're not well-written. They're not good from a user experience perspective. Um, and it's really frustrating versus what I grew up reading uh, and enjoying, and why I fell in love with the with this myth with uh, the power of baseball. Um, uh, to your question in terms of finding writers, um, I, I think also understanding, and I'll talk from my lens of being an agency owner, um, you have to first understand what are the types of clients that you work with. So are you working with um, in the B2B space or the B2C space? Those are two completely different sets of writers. And then if you are going highly technical, it does help somebody, um, even with AI tools that has the knowledge and the experience, like do they have a legal background or a medical background or a pharma background or uh, a SaaS background or, or or any of those other areas that's just going to make them a lot more effective than anything they do. So I think- looking uh, at what their educational experience is, looking at samples of what they've written, what they've had success with, um, I I think is all important when you're doing that screening, looking for the writers.
1: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know, um, I wanna ask more about uh, PR and we can get to the main topic because for example, we use a lot uh, uh, PR uh, for the sake of creating uh, authoritative backlinks. And uh, we have three people who can help us uh, with uh, investing trading crypto uh, niches and uh, two of them usually post on forbes uh regularly and one is from pakistan uh he posts a lot but uh not uh, recognizable resources it's interesting that this guy from pakistan got a few great backlinks and the last one from cnn you know uh, wow my, yeah, and my PR uh, specialist told me for 16 years of experience, it's first time CNN replied <laughs> to their press releases, the first time for 16 years. Yeah, and uh, uh, it's interesting. We uh, worked for a long time with him, explain what kind of press releases to write because it's our main uh, link building strategy. I usually tell them, uh, and you know, I compared uh, press releases. Uh, from other specialists. They write good press rele- releases as well. Yeah, they have experience. I don't explain a lot about that. But this guy writes simple press releases. So simple. It's not hard to consume. Newsworthy. And uh, yeah, that's why we got this uh, great results. Uh, I cooperate with others to explain them. <laughs> we need to be simple as much as possible. So can you tell about simplicity? You know, uh, for example, if I open Apple, I see simple content, you know, just mm-hmm. iPhone, nothing else, uh, a few quotes make difference. Uh, yeah, I can't find MacBook, AirPod, Apple Watch, probably I can. I need to scroll down, you know, to uh, click on other. But in the first visible screen, only iPhone, a lot of free space. Can you tell how it's important to be simple today? Uh, because uh, we have this bounce rate is high, you know, plus okay. 50 percent people bounce fast because uh, it's hard to consume to understand where to go. And uh, I see companies uh, try to replicate it, no, Amazon. <laughs> with, uh, yeah, because uh, if I open Amazon, I can find almost everything. It's like uh, top and bottom funnel on one page, everything, reviews, pictures, video, everything. So can you tell about simplicity how to find the balance between Apple and Amazon to create great content? <laughs>
0: Yeah, it's a really good question. Um, I want to talk about length. Um, and and to me, with length, it's about the organization of it. And if you really do have it broken up well, I think you can write as long as you want. Um, you're using headlines. You're using bullet points. You make it snackable. You make it easy to consume. Because that's one of the uh, complaints I'll hear sometimes from clients. Oh, I don't want this cluttered up with a bunch of content okay, I hear you, but again, from my lens, a lot of times we're trying to marry the SEO with the user experience and we're trying to get people into the site. Here's what we need to do to actually be successful for you. Um, But I would even take it a step... uh, Let me give you an analogy from an offline. I was having a conversation um, yesterday, actually, uh, uh, yesterday morning with another agency owner in a different field. um, And they have somebody that's uh, an expert, one of those people uh Harvard degrees and you know just really really smart person really knows their stuff but they're getting into some trouble with their client facing with some of their clients uh depending on the sector because then they go and have a conversation with them and they're they're using all of their $20 words uh, and the people just are like even if they understand them they're like the person can seem pompous or they can seem like they're just not relatable which is a really important thing. So I I think whether you're verbal or whether you're um, on the written page or you're on video, I was always taught growing up, be simple, use small words that everybody can understand. The purpose of language is for both sides to understand each other completely. So I I don't want to use those big words unless I'm trying to get a point across or it's the best one to be there. I'm a huge fan and I really want to check out this guy from Pakistan, which you're writing, because I'm, 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 I I'm I love the way you described what he's doing.
1: Yeah, yeah, he, he's great. You know, we spent some time with him because, yeah, we couldn't get results for a long time. But, you know, uh, what we fixed with him, uh, I asked him to edit content on ChatGPT. So mm-hmm. he usually writes press releases. Then he... Uh, Adds press release to ChatGPT and use prompts. Please edit for big publications like Forbes, uh, Bloomberg, you know, etc. So and ChatGPT can provide a good job with editing. If you ask to write from scratch and feed data, it doesn't work. But mm-hmm. if you write your draft, uh, good draft, and then uh, ask just edit, please edit. That's it. You don't need to ask. Uh, by the way, I save a lot of money with editing now <laughs> because I can do it on chat GPT with translation editing. Yeah, this tool is great for that. And yeah, and it works. So we got these results. Yeah, it's impressive, you know, because it's hard to get uh, links placement on CNN. I know about that. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's exciting. And yeah. just on that front,
0: AI, two things that you said I I, I just wanted to echo because they're really powerful. Mm-hmm. So number one, um. To me, I believe that it always needs to be human in the loop really to get the best results. So starting with that. And then I think also putting a finishing touch on things is important too, to to take that final look at it. number two you also mentioned prompts and prompts are really the key when you're using these whether you're building them into your system or you're just doing it on your own and going in it's not going to get you where you need to be like you said even when you're copying over you're saying hey i want a model based on this page or this content that i'm giving you uh, the ways that you can just go in and keep re-asking questions and say hey i want to change this paragraph write it more like this break it into bullets use this tone it can be amazing if you just get your system down for how you want to ask that content to be modified.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, nice, nice. Oh, sorry for my dogs; they usually take part on my podcast. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, and um, I wanna ask about another aspect that content creators often complain uh about creativity you know uh, let me share a short story it's related to video marketing but i think we can uh use all these points to website content for SEO. uh lloyd richards published a book uh, 11 years ago and he spent 14 years to write a single book 14 years a lot of i, I can't imagine how to write a book for 14 years yeah i know that uh, offers spent like six months and year but 14 years, it's a lot. Uh, then he used a lot of marketing and sales methods and nothing can help to sell this book. Uh, just random sales, nothing special. Then his daughter posted content on TikTok uh, from account with zero followers. And this video became viral plus 50 million people watch this video. Wow. Uh, today, this book is bestseller on Amazon. So. One simple video beats a lot of marketing and sales methods because it's creative. Mm -hmm. Of course, I watch this video. I can't skip such videos, you know, when people get such success. And uh, what I found, It's not nice looking design. Nothing special. Simple video. Simple. But this video provokes curiosity. What kind of book is this? You know, uh, uh, it's on a story. Short video, uh, a minute. But for a minute, I got this feeling I need to read this book. I'm interested to read this book. I want to get it. Uh, uh, If offer can spend so many years to write this book. So probably it it will be valuable for me. Uh, And uh, I want to ask you about creativity. Uh, Content creators complain that AI is not creative. Of course, it's not creative. It's the best rewriting tool, rewriting, not writing. (laughs) So can you tell how to be creative? to create yeah. content because I see this trap when uh, websites usually replicate competitors. They analyze user intent, okay, uh, my competitors list. Uh, I don't know, something like this, I want to do the same. So any tips about how to stand out from the rest?
0: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So um, that that's a concern of ours in general and something we try to guard against, right? Um, with mm-hmm. the content we create um i'll take it back to the kind of the beginning of the conversation first then I'll, I'll answer more directly about ai yeah. but we get the same concerns from our team members sometimes uh just in terms of non-ai process with ad management or especially with seo like hey we're, we're doing these things yes because we're doing things that we know work the majority of the time but within that if you're taking care of the basics and you're able to check the boxes on what you're supposed to do That allows you time and effort and and, and your creative space to do other things from there. Because I don't want to just hire a bunch of monkeys. I want to hire people that are fully formed human brains that are creative, smart, awesome, curious people that have great ideas about things. But let's get the meat and potatoes before we get to our dessert. And on the AI side of things... I see exactly what you're talking about, and people are concerned about that, and you're seeing some subpar uh, content that's part of it. But what AI really is, at least at this stage of the game, it's a time saver. So if you know how to use it, you can then get work done, as you know, in three seconds that used to take an hour to do something. And then we're finding that... You can take about 10 minutes a lot of times of prompts and making minor changes and then doing some manual tweaks to it and you have as good or or, or 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 better than what you had before so that's taking an hour down to about 10 minutes so what we're trying to accomplish then is okay rough numbers can we then triple our output so now we're up to half an hour and then we still have half an hour to be more creative with what we're doing whether it's doing more research or trying different things to do so to me it's the creativity is lost when you just say okay i'm gonna let ai produce it for me versus ai is a tool that i'm using to yeah. save time
1: yeah i couldn't agree more i agree i i love ai but uh, i can't rely uh, a lot on ai yeah it can help a lot to save time but uh, I can rely (laughs) to be creative instead of me. (laughs) So, yeah, Uh, Justin, I want to ask about another aspect that it's very important in online content, especially in B2B uh, business content. Uh, Once I spoke with Jim Edwards and he worked in Business Insider 10 years. He started on this company from scratch. Then company was sold for $500 million. Great success. And he told me that success of Business Insider depends on creating non-boring content. Most content are boring because bounce rate is high. It doesn't matter what kind of content, YouTube, TikTok, uh, most content are boring. Uh, If we are talking about business, marketing, I don't know, any niche that are not related to entertainment, yeah, it's boring. But Business Insider phone the way how to create non-boring content. Can you tell how you decide such issues in your agency? I mean, like to help customers to create non-boring content that can retain users and, you know, let me uh, share my loving book uh, from Joe Sugarman. Yeah, he wrote this book 40 40 years ago. He was one of the best uh, marketers. Uh, Yeah, and paid marketers and he he share a lot of tips how to retain readers uh, as much as possible. I mean, like how to retain them until the end, how to hook their attention, how to retain. And, you know, when uh, I read this book, uh, I can, you know, I got the feeling uh, as I read uh, Jack London, many other great offers, because it's a business book, and but this business book can retain my uh, attention until the end, uh, I can forget about meal, about water, about anything. And uh, you know, all insights from this book, I can relate to digital everything that he explained 40 years ago before digital, I can use today. So can you tell about creating non-boring content?
0: (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. So I, I think there's two things on that front. Um, number one, we work with a lot of industries that, that people might consider boring either because they're so highly technical or they're, you know, truck parts, you know, or 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 things like that. And a lot of times we have conversations when I'm talking to people, they're like, I don't I don't even know what to write about. I our stuff so boring. N- no, like you have a business because you solve needs for people. And if you're gonna be a marketer, you're not gonna survive if you're not curious. And so how do you ask those questions to find out that knowledge that people have to create that content that drives the value? So for me, it starts with number one with driving value. And then how do you sexy it up from there? And I think a big thing is for people to learn how to write selling copy. Cause a lot of times I find writers that are great academic writers um they can write uh articles but struggle with how do i write headlines that capture attention what's that how do i not bury the lead as a part of things and you know there's great books out there and to your point earlier the best books i've read on this front are short books big text but they have takeaways that you can go and that you can get through um writing copy that sells I think is a great book that's been around a long time, but it just teaches you, how do you write copy that is going to grab attention? So I I think those two things are really, really critical.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Justin, I want to ask a few questions about your agency, you know, because um, I found that Everyone has their strong sides, Uh, and I spoke with many great marketers, Neil Patel, Rand Fishkin, many great marketers, Jeff Coyle. And uh, um, I found that everyone has their strong sides, uh, pays attention to to something that works for them. So can you tell about your unique selling proposition and why you are better than million other freelancers, agencies that we can find online?
0: Yeah, I love it. So let me start kind of with what we do first, and then I'll I'll go Mm -hmm. from there. I mentioned at the top of the call, uh, really, we were founded on search. And the reason I fell in love with search was it was about intent. And you're actively reaching people that are looking for what you have to offer. So when I started before this agency, and then when I founded the agency, whether it's SEO, whether it's paid search, that's really what we came down to is how do we get our clients to show up when people are searching for those things? Now, Uh, we'll do, we're very, very big into analytics, as you know. Uh, If you don't understand what to measure and what the data tells you, why are you even in digital marketing, right? So we didn't set out to become great analysts, but we did out of necessity to be able to resolve for our clients uh, and produce great results. And then now we're at the point that we can offer that as well. We'll do conversion rate optimization. We'll do social advertising. But we do really, really well is connect our clients with people that are looking for what they sell. Um, We're more heavily skewed on the B2B side and on the demand generation side. So that's about, um, B2B is about two thirds of our business and demand generation is uh, closer to 75% of our business because we'll do like higher ed and and those types of things that are not on the B2B side. Um, What I say internally is the process really matters. Yeah, And that's boring and people don't want to hear it, right? It doesn't sound sexy because, oh, you have a bunch of really creative people. Um, what we found is that, uh, I'm stealing this line from one of my friends, but um, clients would much prefer consistency over occasional brilliance. Now, I'd like to be occasionally brilliant and consistent, but if you're occasionally producing great results, but then things are falling through the cracks... That's going to create friction points along the way. So we try to make sure that we have those things covered. And the end result, and it sounds so trite, Anatoly, and everybody's going to say this, but the end result is that our clients really view us as the partners or outsourced extensions of their teams. Everything we do, unless the client acts otherwise, is month to month. So clients can get out at any time if they're not happy. If they're not, we're not producing results, they're not happy with us, I don't want to lock them down into something. Yeah. And even though we have uh, 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 that ability for them to get out our client retention rates about 85%. So very high for our industry, um, you know, to be able to stay on, keep people stick with us for years because we're producing those results. My favorite story, and I promise I'll I'll, I'll cut talking about this. uh, But it's one time I was talking with one of our clients. I was just doing a check-in saying, how are things going? And we're going through and, She mentioned, oh, well, we actually were were hiring somebody for our team. Um, And I I just want you to know that uh, we show them the org chart. And on our org chart, DOM is listed. And not just DOM, but all the members of our team from DOM are listed out. That's how much of you we think is a partner. So uh, that's what we're trying to strive is to create that relationship with all of
1: our clients. Mm -hmm. Yeah, nice. Love it. Awesome, awesome. Yeah, I think uh, if agency, any agency company... uh, don't care about retaining customers and think about acquisition, it, it, it's extremely hard to compete with others. You need to retain because it costs five times less than yeah. uh, acquiring new clients. Yeah, and you need to satisfy what you clients that you have and then to think how to uh, find more clients. <laughs> and uh, Justin, I want to ask you about uh, AI in your company, you know, when I spoke with uh, Jeff Coyle, uh, co-founder of Market News, he told me then in the future, we will have three companies. The first company develop AI, the second company implements AI, and the third company will be obsolete. (laughs) So tell (laughs) how you are going uh, to implement or develop AI uh, and uh, uh, w- how you can use today AI.
0: <laughs> yeah, uh, I love that. I'm going to steal that uh, from you and from him because uh, it's absolutely true. It's kind of like the old, uh, uh, you know, th- there are two comp- two types of companies, uh, those that have been hacked uh, and those that don't realize they've been hacked uh, for their websites. But um, we, as, we're a small agency. We're 35 people, right? But it was so important to us that we know this is the future, that we have a role dedicated. We first started with a a committee uh, and then we moved to having a full role dedicated just to AI and how can we use it to improve our processes? How can we use it to improve our results? So we're betting very, very heavily on this. Um, It's a huge part of our agency and we're basically looking at um, some things that are client facing, but a lot of it's just internal. Where do we have pain points? Where do we, we track our hours, right? Of all the tasks that we do, where are we spending the most of our time? What can we cut down as part of that? So I, I, I can think of very, very, very few companies where AI isn't going to be something that's transformative for them, or if they're not using it, like your friend said, yeah. going out yeah. of business.
1: Yeah. <laughs> okay, Justin, I have the question about mistakes. You know, in my life, I made a lot of mistakes. <laughs> I keep doing them. You know, it, yeah. Some mistakes are, yeah. So stupid, you know, because I didn't have experience, but I found uh, at that time I didn't have skills to uh, avoid these mistakes. And it's part of the process to learn something new. And because Mm -hmm. I always start from generic strategy, best practices, then I can adapt to find something else, you know, uh, be- even, um, you know, I-, I never hire people before trying myself so I can try. I, I <laughs> fail all the time, I fail, you know, because yeah, it's hard to compete with people who have experience, but then I know how it works. Then I know how to hire the right people, You know how to uh, manage them. So can you tell about mistakes, at least common mistakes that companies or your customers still do? and uh your tips how to find another way
0: yeah i mean i I love what you said so we've actually done um contests uh here at dom for the biggest failure and what we're trying to do is get people not to be scared of making mistakes don't be haphazard don't do something stupid think it through but stuff just doesn't work sometimes and getting that knowledge is just as valuable i tell people all the time i look back at last year And say, I can't believe how stupid I was last year. Because I just, like you, I make mistakes all the time, right? I hope that I don't make the same mistakes moving forward. I hope that I learn from those things. But you have to be constantly looking at how you can improve. Uh, So we're philosophically, we're really, really big on try things fast, learn from mistakes. Uh, And sometimes they aren't even mistakes. They were well thought out, right? They just didn't produce the results that you were looking for.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And you know, I remember when uh, I forget the name of this guy. Uh, yeah, uh, he's founder of Big company and he told me he tried to set up Facebook ads for three years. Three years he wasted a lot of money, but when he hired uh, the right person who uh, is responsible for Facebook ads. It pro- it provides great results, but without this experience of failing, uh, he didn't know that he needs to hire someone who can be responsible. He, he and he can manage and uh, yeah, these people to get results. <laughs> you've
0: seen this. I, I think you've probably seen this a million times, right? Where it's um, they will. A lot of times, people will hire somebody, and so I'll, I'll speak now about like. A, a medium sized business and they'll hire their SEO expert. But the problem is, and you can take it for social, you can take it for video, whatever you want. Uh, But uh, the people above them don't know enough because they they don't have that practical experience. They haven't tried it on their own. So they don't know whether that person really knows what they're talking about or doing. It's the same thing even with hiring agencies. If you don't have enough base knowledge, it's hard to know is this person selling you snake oil, or do they actually know what they're talking about? So I, I love what you just said. If you can get that practical knowledge on your own, to at least say, I can tell when somebody's BSing me. Even if I don't, even if I'm not an expert in it, I know that much, so that I can make a better decision.
1: Mm-hmm. Nice, nice, Justin. Uh, I have two questions left. So hard questions. Sorry for that. <laughs> I'm kidding, you you reply to all hard questions. (laughs) I just uh, have two simple questions. And my loving question about uh, experience, your experience, you know, uh, I found that I usually get uh, great results with customers who understand ASIO. If they understand, we can cooperate together like a cohesive team. We have clear goals. We understand why we need to create high quality content, what kind of high quality content. Uh, what, uh, what kind of PR, link building, technical optimization, everything. If they don't, I usually tell them, take my course. Learn from Lily Ray, Mike Phillips, Chelsea Alvis, many other great experts. Uh, it costs like 10 $20, not a lot, but you can get the basic, how it works. Then we can cooperate because I don't know uh, how to go ahead without understanding the process i think it's the same like if someone wanna lose weight the best coach can't help you if you don't know why you need uh, to eat healthy food to train hard to drink uh, water a lot of water so yeah uh, if you understand then uh, a even mediocre coach can help you, you know to go ahead uh in digital marketing of course it's important to cooperate with experts uh, because yeah it's competitive any niche that we take, it's so competitive. And my question to you, let's imagine you started today from scratch without any experience, knowledge, skills. It's your first day in SEO digital marketing. What will you do today to learn more about that?
0: It's an awesome question. Um, What would I personally do? I would start, I mean, your course, uh, looking at uh, uh, Moz has great content looking at those different yeah. places there's so much content out there that you can start consuming. The second thing I would do is I'd go get hired somebody somewhere and go get you know I, I wouldn't really care what I was getting paid you know if, I, if you're in that position that you have the flexibility but am I gonna work underneath people and within a system where there's some expertise? and learn from that perspective because i'm i think there's different types of learners out there um and i'm definitely a learner by doing and i'm a learner by asking people question in a verbal situation and getting feedback and then trying it out so for me those two things would be the very first things i would do
1: yeah nice yeah i love it love it because yeah i think uh, cristiano ronaldo and leo messi prefer to hit a ball a thousand times a day than to read a few books how to play soccer, you know, <laughs> without doing something, you know, yeah, You, I I don't think it's a good idea to overlearn. To, it's impossible to get, I don't know, a teeny percent of new skills that are coming every single day. Blog articles, audio podcasts, books, but you need to do something, you need to make your hands dirty, then you can get the best skills. I completely agree with you hundred percent. And my final question about the future. Justin, forecast the future. Take your crystal ball and tell what kind of future will be because we have AI, probably metaverse. I don't know. We'll see what kind of future, but uh, can you tell what we need today to adapt to this possible future and how you can predict this future? <laughs>
0: Yeah, I I always like to say my crystal ball's in the shop. I'm not a great futurist or predicting. What what I will say is, you know, for for like us, that we've been doing this for a very long time, um, the speed at which everything changes continues to get faster. And taking AI, once ChatGPT got released into the wild, all the apps, all the applications that started coming after that, and continue to come after that are, are mind blowing. And I think 10 years from now is gonna not even 10 years ago, 10 months from now, it's gonna look fundamentally different than it does today. So assuming that AI has not destroyed our world and that we're still surviving as a human species, um, I, I do think, I think people rightfully worry about AI. And as a parent of of three kids, one who's just graduated high school, I have severe concerns. Uh, But it's not a genie that you can stuff back in the bottle. And if you're not using it, your competition is using it. So the question is, how are you going to adapt? Because otherwise you're going to go out of business and die.
1: Yeah, Uh, I remember when Elon Musk signed this letter with a thousand other employees to procrastinate the process. Then, after a few days, a new announcement that Twitter uh, bought expensive equipment from NVIDIA to develop AI. Elon Musk changed his mind fast because you can't procrastinate the process. Okay, the US will procrastinate, China will develop. We have a lot of governments, countries, companies. It's impossible to stop the process, but we need to adapt. Uh, Yeah, if you don't adapt, I think that... the same like farmers when they got the first tractor you know yeah uh, they uh, the first feeling was they will lose their jobs but they adapted to drive this tractor (laughs) so yeah um, ai is the same we need to adapt and uh, marketers on tv and radio didn't lose their jobs they adapted to digital i think if you have experience to create high quality content because even seo seo doesn't teach you how to rank on google of course it, it teaches but seo teaches how to create high-quality content, how to increase website speed, how to uh, use white headlink head link building PR, because it can help users. If links don't help use, uh, users, then Google doesn't consider these links. Probably considers, but uh, not like some links that will bring traffic, you know. So, yeah, mm-hmm. love it. Justin, it's a big pleasure to get on my show, to learn from you. You share a lot of valuable insights. Uh, tell our audience the best way how to keep learning from you, how to reach out to you, how to follow you. Yeah, I appreciate that,
0: Anatoly. Um, number one, uh, go to our websites. The easiest way that's where we post our information. Directom.com. So the word Direct O is an online Amazon marketing. Directom.com. Um, there you can find out. For example, uh, we're doing a webinar on AI for marketers with Semrush. Uh, this upcoming Wednesday. So there's a lot more information, way more detailed than what I went into today with people that specialize in this. So very excited for that. Um, I love to connect with any of your listeners as well. LinkedIn's where I'm most active. I actually took a three-month vacation from Twitter. It was amazing. Uh, uh, so I tend to be a little more active on uh, on the LinkedIn side.
1: Okay, got it, got it. Because of Elon Musk or other reason? <laughs> uh, no, 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 no. It, it was... Uh, so I
0: would I would use Twitter to consume stuff that was just a distraction uh, okay. in my life, about sports or about whatever. Ah. And so it's easier for me to just say, hey, I, I used to use it and get business from it pretty effectively, and then I stopped using it from a business standpoint and wasn't doing it, so it became a personal
1: thing. And I just need to cut out distractions in my life. Nice. You know, uh, I had totally the same story about TikTok. I removed TikTok because uh, I can't stop watching these videos more than two hours, you know, <laughs> when I go to the restroom, you know, and after getting back, I keep watching these videos. You know, TikTok, I don't know how, but TikTok learns my mind. TikTok shares content that I can't stop watching, you know, I think it is the best platform uh, of retaining. Uh, you know, I can't get the same feeling on Instagram, on LinkedIn, on Facebook, but TikTok, provides a good job. That's why I removed, <laughs> I need to pay attention to something else, you know? <laughs> yeah. Uh, Justin, uh, a big pleasure. Thank you. Uh, thank you for sharing all this valuable insights. I'll submit links to LinkedIn, uh, to the website in, this, in the description below. Listen us on Apple, Google, Spotify, and see you next time.